Want to eliminate sticky habits around eating? You got way more power than you think. You can change even the most entrenched food and eating habits. People tend to obsess over where problems come from, often citing the root cause. But Dr. Cashy believes it works much better to forget where a problem comes from and instead focus on what keeps it going. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to <sighs> Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. You caught the delay there. Normally I'm like, oh man, I gotta push it. Loading, loading, loading. Whoops. Oh, now I'm here. It's great. These buttons are good. Love buttons. Uh, <clears throat> All right. This is a start of another mini-series. Yeah, pretty sweet. Or maybe it's a continuation of what is now becoming a mini-series anyway, if we count the previous one, which, you know, that's cool too. Uh, the mini-course made on practical problem-solving using the ADAPT framework with Tabitha was, was a big hit, and it'll, it's, it's being made into its own actually separate deal, so that's sweet. Okay. Uh, this continues on with Tabitha's story because the case study at the end of the problem-solving mini-course was really the only first major coaching session. That's right. Uh, after one session, it was enough to to move that 23 pounds in 12 weeks and, you know, fully corrected cholesterol and blood sugar and blood pressure. And finally, some faith in herself as a person, for Pete's sake. Pretty good. Pretty good. But again, she went on to lose more than 100 pounds and, and counting. She is a champion. So there's more of that story to tell. Uh, oh, that's that's actually a good reminder about the first step, okay? Throw down a hashtag proof. Hashtag proof if you agree that it takes more than thinking really hard, uh, but acting in direct opposition to the negative garbage about food and eating and body image so that you can eliminate it and actually move on with your dang life. <laughs> but first, here is what you are learning. Ah, here is what you are learning. Invisible, invisible ink is on vacation right now, <laughs> right? Dr. Cash's case study continues. Tabitha is a champion, okay? Dr. Cash's adaptive model case study comes back into the fold. And the previous lesson was the three different external interaction systems, environmental, societal, or social, rather, uh, and body systems, the self-systems, essentially, right? Human systems. And the action tendencies, okay? Ooh, I get a little ahead of myself here. Now we're focusing on the three internal systems. I got way ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, the three internal systems are beliefs and thoughts, decisions, and action tendencies. Got that out great now. Also known as urgents. A action tendencies and urges kind of mean the same thing. And as you go on, you'll learn more about how these systems interact with each other and how they go about actually influencing what you do. The important stuff, right? especially what you end up doing to solve your problems, even more important stuff, uh, when coaching yourself and getting coached or making them worse when you feel frustrated, overwhelmed, and or discouraged. And lastly, the first steps to eliminating sticky problems, you know, what feels like, life, what feels like lifelong issues with food and eating and body image and stuff, going through the first step of that. And Sun Tzu, Butchering that, probably uh, the author, so to speak, of The Art of War, paraphrased, of course, sums it up nicely. Sums it up nicely. Let me pull up this note here to make sure I got this paraphrase correct. Uh, if you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. 
And if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. Hmm. Keep that floating around as we work through this lesson, all right? A little bit of background here. The previous lesson, again, spoke about how dealing with thinking problems first is ideal because it gets the ball rolling on your practical problems. But, but as you're chugging along, oh, almost at the end, as you're chugging along, implementing the solution for your practical problem, other thinking problems crop up. Other practical problems crop up too. Life's curveballs blocking you from what you want. So this next mini-series goes over step-by-step step how TCAN's robust framework helps you to attack thinking problems like the cognitive distortions, the godlike demands uh, on yourself and others maybe, and the practical problems like overeating and self-sabotage, of fitness and fat loss, etc. How TCAN's robust framework attacks both of those at the same time. Remember, a sharper mind helps you create a more chiseled body, so you've come to the right place for progressing in both areas at the same time. Buff Brains Incorporated. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion with TCAN's philosophy on how to change what you believe and how you think by using rational, constructive, flexible, and scientific reasoning. Okay? A tremendously effective and philosophical approach. This series has more to do with, well, giving violence a chance. <laughs> giving violence a chance. Uh, how Tabitha, after working with TCAN's ADAPT framework of solving problems, decided rationally, right, going, pulling back to that, her first two big actions she decided to take through the ADAPT framework were to choose her actions of communication, in this case, direct messages to Dr. Kashi, and assume that she decided that was her best option for both general and per and and specific personal things. And the second thing was that the best way to get the ball rolling in terms of actions to solving her practical problems, a tremendous weight gain from a lifetime of dieting, health conditions, etc. Uh, you already know about all that stuff, was to go through the calibration phase, where again, she made massive progress in the first week, five pounds in the first week, by doing what felt completely normal to her, only paying attention to what she was doing and then reporting back to me a week later. This went on for two weeks, and she dropped eight pounds just by acting purposefully instead of acting haphazardly and impulsively. She learned on her own what she was doing, and many times the absurd or logical reasons behind the actions that she was taking. In a super short review of the previous lesson on systems living, thinking, and acting, again, there are three systems three external systems interacting with each other. There's the environmental system, the social system, and the so-called self system, the human system. And you learn kind of about those things intuitively, right? When you hear about them, it all kind of, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you are influenced by your environment, you are influenced by your social groups, and you are influenced by your own body systems. However, you are also an influencer of your environment, an influencer of your social groups, and an influencer of your body and your body systems. This means that you have the power to change how much you get influenced and how much you do influence. You do have the power to shift that balance, to change those things to some degree. And the first step to understanding yourself uh, as a person instead of a human, right? Instead of the human system to understand your personal internal systems is to learn the next level of systems thinking, living and acting or living, thinking and acting as it were. Uh, there are three of them, just as there were before. Whiteboard of Wisdom is back. And these three systems are your biggin, your belief system. These are your pillars of value. Your thought system, like your, your thoughts and decisions. This is your logic and the reason behind your beliefs that, that are based on your beliefs, rather. Your logic and your reason based on your beliefs. There we go. And your, what is essentially, uh, 
action tendencies slash urges. They're similar things. And this is the conclusions that you end up drawing based on your thoughts. And then uh, ultimately how you end up, how do I say this? What you really, really want to do in terms of your action. <laughs> it may be different than what you actually do, which is why it is separated uh, outside of the actual response. So you have your beliefs and then you have thoughts about those beliefs. And then from those thoughts, they end up turning into urges or action tendencies as in this is what I want to or end up doing after I come to those conclusions. What you actually end up doing might be different. And that's again, what this process is all about. The point is, I'm actually gonna make a note to myself about that. You guys are great. <laughs> okay. Uh, the point is, right, you're a mixed bag of tricks. Sometimes of snakes, a bag of snakes, sometimes a bag of monkeys, a barrel of monkeys, sometimes a bag of cats, or sometimes you're a bag of treasure too. There are only very few instances, such as dodging a wrench thrown at your head, where you act almost exclusively on impulse. I'll say that again. There are only very few instances where you act completely void, completely void of thoughts and feelings. And that's essentially like, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to dodge whatever this thing is. That's about it. Okay. Uh, even then, after a millisecond after you dodge whatever that is, you end up thinking, well, that's moot. The point is that you end up thinking something, even if it's like that bastard, through, you know, right? A split second after you end up having a feeling and then a thought, and then you make a decision about what just happened. So it all intercalates with itself. The point is that you think something a few milliseconds after your so-called lizard brain saves your noggin, okay? And this is partly why the space between, the space between S and R is so interesting. The SIRO model, review, stimulus, response, and outcomes, okay? This is partly why the space between SNR is so interesting because remember those three internal systems, your beliefs, your thoughts, and your urges, urges, those add up to that space between stimulus and response. Ah, now you're getting somewhere. Now you're getting somewhere. Okay. Your beliefs, especially during times, especially during a stimulus, which again is when you are blocked from something you want, that is essentially a stimulating event, uh, and therefore creating a practical problem. And then your beliefs end up programming how you feel and your thoughts and your feelings, essentially, right? After it's clear you were blocked from something you wanted, your mind and body are, well, stimulated, right? Your jimmies are rustled. Your jimmies are rustled. And now it's a matter of how they are rustled. What do you think about this stimulating event, really? Do you end up becoming frustrated or pressured or bummed or guilt or embarrassed or regretful, right? What thoughts do you end up having based off of those? Hmm? How do you explain those feelings based off of your problem, right? What are your thoughts? So your belief system dictates basically how you end up feeling and thinking. What are the thoughts you have based on those based off of those feelings? Okay. How do you explain that? This is an important part. And then after you do end up doing the explaining to yourself, how quickly or how slowly that ever may be, you essentially end up coming to a conclusion, which then determines, okay, this is what I want to do about this. <laughs> do you accept it, reject it, modify it, or ignore it or hide it? What you want to do versus what you actually do about accepting, rejecting, modifying, or hiding, if anything, remember, 
doing nothing is actually a response. <laughs> doing nothing is actually a response in a lot of cases because you have to consciously come to the conclusion to do nothing which I think is super interesting, all right? This all happens within a few seconds, by the way. The point is that if you ever have pure, the thought is that you, you basically never have pure beliefs, thoughts, actions, and urges, okay? Feelings include thoughts and urges to do stuff. Thoughts includes feelings and urges to do stuff. And urges include feelings and thoughts to do stuff. Yes, again, this also includes your urges to do nothing because, well, you're consciously doing nothing unless you're sedated or drugged, of course, okay? So what does this mean to you? What can you do about this? The reason TKN belabors this point is because your feelings and your thoughts about those feelings and the urges to do stuff because of all those thoughts, uh, they're all very short-lived. They're all short-lived, ephemeral fractions of a second, all these things independently of each other, they're, they're here and there like this. This means that if you've ever felt negative for a long time or thought ugly self-sabotaging things for a long time or wanted to do harmful or destructive things to yourself or others for a long time, all those things apparently living a long time, but when you look a little bit deeper, peel back the onion a layer, it's almost entirely false. Why? Because on their own, they're all transitory, fleeting, and flighty. They're short-lived phenomena. All of them are. This means that any apparent steady thoughts, urges, and feelings, especially negative ones, which seems like those are the only ones that stick around, right? They're extremely short-lived phenomena, but are continuously brought back to life by constantly re-stimulating yourself. Okay? This. You end up re-stimulating yourself. You end up re-stimulating yourself. And this happens because you consciously sustain, maintain, and revive those negative thoughts and feelings and urges by dreaming things up, making strange and ugly comparisons, and essentially disasterifying. It's conscious because you chronically frustrate yourself with these systems. Hmm? They're cognitive grinders, really, that put you in a place that put you in, in a place to get through the, insane, the insanity of day-to-day -day at one point in time, by living in today's world, you have to have those sorts of systems to get by. Uh, and it makes sense when you did it. And it may have served its purpose when you did do it, but they're hurting you now. Subsequently, with TKN, you can change the godlike expectations you have of yourself or others, maybe. The absolute need for fairness. And the big one, a demandingness that everything must work perfectly. Or else. Right. Or else you keep perpetuating the negative and self-destructive thoughts and urges. <laughs> Think about it this way. Would you rather be up, set up to fail or to succeed? TCAN would rather set you up to achieve, okay? <laughs> would you rather be lazier or would you rather be better? TCAN would rather you were better. Would you rather think life is unfair or be so awesome you're the reason other people think life is unfair? TCAN would rather you were so awesome other people thought life was unfair. <laughs> what would you rather? Hmm? So here's a summary of what you've learned. Tabitha's back. And there is life beyond the very first big coaching session, huh? <laughs> Once you get the ball rolling, it's very good. You get momentum. However, problems, both thinking problems and practical problems, they, they all pop up along the way. And that's because that is life. It must. And it is a logical must in this case. Previously, you learned about the three different external interaction systems. Okay, the environment, the, the social system, and the self system, the, the human system. Okay, then you moved on to the three internal systems, which are your beliefs, and then your, your thoughts, decisions, and then your action tendencies slash urges, basically. And most people think, I think most people in programs think um, that there's an understanding of where problems came from that's important, and TKN think thinks that's a load of BS, because whatever caused the problem has already come and gone. It's ephemeral, it's fleeting, remember? 
In reality, it's, it's to have an understanding of what brings it back from the dead and what keeps it alive. To have an understanding of the central mechanism that maintains the problem. That is the first step to acting against it. Okay? Know thy enemy, as it were. So, background to the first step here, throw down a hashtag proof if by the end of this lesson you agree that it takes more than thinking really hard against negative garbage, although it does set you up for success, it really does, it also has to be in conjunction with acting in direct opposition to the negative garbage. So go forth and be awesome. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out! <laughs>